0: following podcast is scheduled for one hour. Introducing first, from the future, is Mr. Money in the Bank, Matt. From parts unknown, Jeremy. Now coming to the ring, from the mean streets of Stars Hollow, Connecticut, Michelle
1: Welcome to a special edition of the Dark Match Podcast. We are all together in one room for probably, like, the only time. Well, that's not true. If Royal Rumble's here, we'll, that'll, that'll also happen. We'll have, like, a pre- or post-show, I don't know. Makes sense. We're gonna start this again.
0: Because you did say podcast and now it's not good.
1: Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> this is Jeremy. <laughs> I'm Matt. Yes, my name is Michelle.
0: I'm yeah. here. And we're all in the same room. Okay.
1: Okay, so should we start start one more time? (laughs) Welcome to the Dark Match Padcast. We're all together here in one room. (laughs) It's not going well. After many false starts.
0: You should put all that on there.
1: Yeah, we have, uh, just like, kind (laughs) of, SmackDown has some room to improve, so do we. (laughs) but a lot of a lot of big changes this week obviously it's the first kind of real results of the draft I guess we had and I forget like just last Sunday was Battleground yeah and like yeah that was a pretty huge match apparently that Sami Zayn Kevin Owens match was really really good although Michelle and I kind of fast forwarded through it well,
0: how many-
1: it was good but it's nothing you haven't seen yeah. Yeah. six times already what is this what is this happening in the background I think we're going to die in a few moments.
0: Yeah, like a hot rod or a motorcyclist. Yeah. It? Somebody started their truck just to turn it right back off.
1: So, I think, what, what's been your favorite thing from this week so far? Anyone have a favorite?
0: I, I liked that if they were going to draft Finn Balor with the third pick, that they just went ahead and pushed him to the top of the heap. Yeah. I think that was cool. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the the whole Balor thing, just even being there, because at first I thought he was, I didn't even see him there. It's just like, yeah. okay, well maybe they're keeping him for some last NXT um, commitments, but it was on purpose. Yeah, it was on purpose.
0: Yeah, I couldn't see him, and I like, I half expected when McFoley said his name for like the lights to go out and him to crawl out, <laughs> out in demon attire. Yeah. So that was I. Was, Touch disappointed, but that's because I set the bar too high. So.
1: One of the great things, uh, someone posted something, some GIF on on the internet. There was when Mallard um, gets called and he walks to the front and he does the whole uh, flip up of his collar and stuff on the cor- on the edge of the screen. Biggie's like mimicking him and doing the exact same thing. <laughs> He's kind of kind of great, kind of my hero.
0: They they were really funny during that whole opening segment. Because they looked super offended that Big E didn't get put in either one of those matches. Yeah,
1: I I liked that setup more than that kind of weird SmackDown setup where everyone was on the ring apron.
0: Listening to Daniel Bryan's music. Yeah. Yeah, that was awkward.
1: Yeah. And that's... I don't know. I guess maybe because we didn't hear... I don't recall hearing Foley's music to start off. Or I think it was already playing when the show started. With him in the ring, I,
0: I, yeah, I think he may have been in the ring, and when they went live, mm-hmm. um, Steph was on her way out.
1: Yeah,
0: best I can remember.
1: But it was just weird. The SmackDown thing was kind of weird because it kept on like in two instances. The beginning of the show it was just like, "Oh hey, let's we're starting a new show," and then now it's like everyone else at the ring, but like let's do my whole yes thing, which I love, Dana Bryan. It's great, um, but that just that that felt weird to me. Yeah, and then like at the end of the show. With Ziggler and Ambrose, like, they start playing Daniel O'Brien's music again. When? Like, at the end of the show when he raises their hands, like, it starts playing Uh-oh. Daniel O'Brien's music, when it should have been either Ambrose I or Ziggler's. Remember yeah. that. Uh, and it's just, I don't know, it's just kind of weird. I mean, I think, I guess the live crowd wants to hear that, and because maybe they feel cheated that he couldn't wrestle anymore, but it's, uh... I thought that was just a, a... There was just a lot of weird moments in SmackDown. Overall, I thought that that six-pack challenge was was pretty great. Um, and then overall, I just... I really like the... the It definitely feels more expensive, both shows. Yeah. With some of that camera work. There was, like, mm-hmm. that one shot... Was that um, Fatal 4-Way with Roman and Jericho. I forget the other two people. But, like, there was a shot that, like, started, like, from way back in the crowd and, like, basically went all the way to over the shoulder of Chris Jericho, which is kind of amazing. Yeah. So.
0: That and, like, I mean, when the show started, that camera was swinging over mm-hmm. top of the, where the commentary table is now and, like, swung down towards the ring. Yeah. It, I mean, it almost looked like they were flying a drone with a camera on it, but
1: I thought that was cool. What do you think about the commentary tables?
0: I don't like the one that's far away. Yeah, the one on Raw, but you know that's whatever they want to do, I guess. Yeah, I almost wonder if they did that because they were going to put Corey Graves up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, because that's what he's used to. Yeah, Is being way off in the distance on NXT shows. Um, I, I'm not a huge fan of the the commentary teams, but yeah, they <laughs> can they can kind of put the table anywhere because. Now there's just that much less opportunity for somebody to go through it on Raw. Yeah. It'll be special when it happens. Now going to have to get, wander very far away. Yeah. I just, I, I think it would have been really funny if they would have moved to the U.S. team and still had the Spanish guys out there next to the <laughs> ring.
1: Oh. Yeah. Yeah, where's Carlos, because Carlos and Marcelo have been at Raw for like the last couple of months. Like, where yeah. are they? Are they just like. Yeah,
0: no, they they have no TV time.
1: Yeah. I don't like that. Maybe they've... I, I didn't see it
0: on camera, but maybe they're doing that thing like they they do on the big pay-per-views where mm-hmm. there's a like, row of them yeah. the, like, in the middle of the crowd, basically.
1: Yeah, I kind of wonder if they're going to... I, I wonder what the happens with a commentary table setup when we go to pay-per-views. Especially something like Survivor Series where it's a, a, a joint pay-per-view. But then also, I mean, I'm sure... I, I'm assuming Raw is going to keep that same commentary set up for their exclusive pay-per-views and uh yeah it looks like we're podcasting this week from the pit area of some hot rod championship <laughs> so
0: uh i'm gonna pick on you for fucking uh... ever for saying some hot rod championship <laughs> <laughs> that's not a thing
1: yeah yeah it is
0: <laughs>
1: this is all fantasy
0: and you should know better
1: this is real life people yeah you know so it's like the nhra something i don't know
0: that's cute. That, that okay. would be a good job. Professional organization.
1: Yes. No, I I would yeah. almost getting back to
0: the commentary tables, I would almost like to see on the dual pay-per-view events, like the the way they do the setups, like half of it's kind of red, half of it's sort of blue, and then they're they're up in the, the other corners. Yeah. Basically like the way they